Apparently buying hamburgers is about the worst possible thing that you can do if you're a head coach. Certainly you better not uh, lie from a NCAA that is out to get you anyway. Uh, and that's the situation Michigan finds itself in. Uh, but Michigan's also currently favored to win the Big Ten. We'll find out if that's a good or a bad thing on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Tuesday. We are back and doing it. Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group, and I am on the ground right here uh, outside of Indianapolis. Uh, actually, technically, this is Indianapolis, but the Castleton neighbor- neighborhood. Colin Castleton neighborhood, not really. Uh, it's a really bad, uh, not mnemonic device, I don't know what. Anyway, uh, as I got into the car, to and I literally was getting on the expressway, I was on... 23 North, I was headed to 69 uh, South or 69 West to South, whatever. As soon as I got on the expressway, all of a sudden, notification from Ross Dellinger, who had from Yahoo Sports, who says that his source tells him, and it's since been confirmed by pretty much everybody, uh, that his source tells him that Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan football program are negotiating with the NCAA for him to miss. Uh, for the first four games of the season, reportedly also, there's a couple other things that are on the docket, like Sharon Moore and Grant Newsom also uh, having a one-game suspension, potential show cause for, uh, for Mike McDonald. It, it, it's insane. I'm going to put it that way. It's insane. Now, I, I see you rival fans out there, and, there's, and, and even some people that I know and like personally, like Dan Dockich, uh, not to call you out, Dan, but that, that have this Jim Harbaugh's a cheater. Like, you know, burn down the program. That is absurd. That is the most absurd thing ever. Uh, for the Ohio State people who are out there that are like, hey, but Terrell Pryor and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, listen, NCAA shouldn't have done anything with Urban, uh, not Urban Meyer, but Jim Tressel and Pat Gate and all of that stuff. That was just as absurd. Maybe, no, I'm not going to say even more so. It's pretty absurd. But uh, I think that Steve Lorenz had it kind of perfectly when he said on Twitter that uh, they, they would have been better off just hand, handing whatever recruits were there uh, just a bag of cash when they went to the brown jug rather than buying them a hamburger. It's absolutely absurd. Four games for that, right? Meanwhile, Tennessee's out there being like, hey, um, I guess you, you can take a couple scholarships. I mean, that, that's a big fine, you know, essentially, but man, is that just weak compared, you know, compared to, like, compared to what Tennessee was doing under Jeremy Fruitt. Uh, and it was obvious, right? They were blatantly cheating SMU style from what it kind of seems like. And yet Jim Harbaugh is getting uh, chastised to the nth degree for buying a hamburger. Now it, it wasn't the, it was just like with Jim Tressel, it wasn't the crime. It was the cover up of the crime. But here's what I, how I look at that. The NCAA, which is shown no teeth for the majority of absolutely obvious cheating programs, and one of our lights went on, I expect the other one too, if you're watching on video, apparently. 
charge it for a while. This doesn't stay on. Um, the NCAA is out there acting like uh, like they have uh, like they're Sandra Bullock from Bird Box, right? They can't see anything that's happening at other programs that are obviously doing some stuff, right? They're they're just out there like uh, they're nothing to see here. Officer Barb Brady, nothing to see here. Yet when it comes to to this thing with Michigan, you knew that this was going how this was gonna go down. So yes, Jim Harbaugh, what you know, he claimed that he he didn't really remember or whatever. But the 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 truth of the matter is, is if he would have been forthcoming and been like, yeah, I bought that, then th- they would have come down just as hard. Like you admit it. I'm doing all kinds of pop reference, uh, pop culture references right now. But uh, it, it is absolutely, like, you can't come out and tell the NCAA that you did something like that, even if it is, you know, it's a violation. It certainly would have cost Michigan. What, is it something that he should have done? No. I'll, I'll say that, right? I, you know, I, I can't sit here and pretend that lying is a good thing to do. It's not. But... The NCAA is kind of like, a, we're going to punish you really bad if you tell us the truth. We're also going to punish you really bad if we find out that you weren't. It's just, it's a catch-22 that Michigan uh, found itself in. So it is absolutely absurd. It is the dumbest thing. Four games. Now, those four games, easiest games on the schedule. Three of them for sure, the first three. Uh, I had Rutgers as the fifth easiest uh, game on the schedule. Uh, I, I don't remember who I had it, uh, offhand as the other one, as the one ahead of them, but uh, I have Rutgers there. I think Indiana I had uh, as the fourth easiest. So, I mean, y- you can get by. They can absolutely get by without having, uh, having Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines calling the shots. Jim Harbaugh, the good, the good news is he's delegated so well. Now, game one might be a little tricky if Sharon Moore does get a one-game suspension, uh, because and as well as Grant Newsom. So you've got two offensive coaches who aren't there, and then you've got to get someone else that's going to be calling plays. It certainly can upset the rhythm of things. Now, when Urban Meyer had his whole th- ordeal after the Zach Smith investigation and all of that, uh, he had three games, which is kind of goes to show where the priorities are. Hamburger, S.A. Well, it wasn't S.A. Just assault, plain out assault. So I retract. But it's, it shows the double standard. It's really unbelievable that this is where this is, and where Michigan is uh, in, uh, in comparison. So... NCAA is continues to be a joke. Uh, punish actual cheaters, because this isn't really cheating. It, it wasn't like it was. They got a five star that they were, you know, on campus uh, during a dead period who wasn't committing, and then they were dropping them bags of cash. They got a commit on campus and bought them a cheeseburger. That's it. And then and then and then they have the audacity to be like, oh yeah, you know. You know, policing agent that generally has no teeth, but has overreacted at times. Yeah, I, I think that that is 
an absolutely absurd scenario to find yourself in. Uh, and, I mean, Michigan obviously is putting this forth as well because it's a negotiation. There's no word yet on if this will be accepted or not, but supposedly this is where they're at, the two sides. And uh, we'll see if that's uh, if, how that ends up working out, but could be worse. Michigan doesn't have a tough non-conference game. Michigan doesn't have a tough uh, opening game in, uh, in the conference either. This is something that they can get away with. Certainly, that's been a lot of the talk from a lot of the media out there as well, is like, oh, yeah, the first four games. Well, it's a pretty hefty punishment for what the crime itself was anyway. So if Jim Harbaugh isn't out there for a third of the regular season for what he actually did, I could see suspending for a game, and that should be the season over. But being in this position where he could be out for a third of the season, it doesn't really matter who you are. Especially when you have as much on the line as Michigan has. It's, it's the biggest joke. All right, we are going to move on. I want to talk about the Cleveland.com poll. Uh, all right. We're, we've got all kinds of different things set up here in the hotel room, apparently. Lights that don't work. I'm hoping that one doesn't go out. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll find out here, I guess, in a moment. Listen, for a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is, in, is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head over to eBay Motors. With guaranteed, sorry, eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right. And it does so the very first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage, look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's continue on here from the uh, from tropical Indianapolis. We will be at Big Ten Media Days tomorrow. Uh, Michigan doesn't go until Thursday. So it's... Uh, but it's everyone else, right, that, that you really care about on Wednesday. Uh, it's uh, Ohio State Day, Penn State, Michigan State. Uh, what's interesting about Big Ten Media Days as well, uh, and we'll get to some Big Ten Media Days talk here in segment three, is just that you've got NBC, CBS, uh, and then I'm assuming the Fox people will be on hand as well. I don't know for sure. I texted 
uh, Joel Klatt, and I didn't hear back from him. So hopefully we'll have our annual conversation that we have at Big Ten Media Days, which we'll obviously gladly put here on the podcast if that is the case. Uh, but we'll find out when it comes. All right, let's uh, move on to the Cleveland.com poll. Uh, so they, Cleveland.com came up with its predictions of uh, who is going to win the conference. First, the, they did it by, there's 37 voters. They went by uh, East, West, and then the, the matchups that they expect. So Michigan ends up coming in first place in the East with 27 first place votes. Uh, that's 248 points. And then in order, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, Michigan State, Rutgers, Indiana. I mean, that it's hard to argue with. I'm sure there's a lot of people in East Lansing and Columbus and Happy Valley that will argue with that. I don't think that a, a lot of people in, uh, in College Park or Bloomington or uh, Piscataway, New Brunswick, are going to honestly argue too much with that. Big Ten West was a little bit closer. So Michigan had 27 first place votes to Ohio State's eight. Penn State's two. In the Big Ten West, Wisconsin had 20 uh, first-place votes to, to be the leader there. Iowa then had 16. Minnesota had one. Then Illinois, Nebraska, Purdue, and Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern is obviously in a very bad situation. They're in, bad, they're in dire, dire, dire straits. So I, I, don't, I don't think anyone really truly expects there to be much going on there. Wisconsin in Iowa, I think, is kind of a coin flip. Because as much as it's like, okay, Luke Fickle's a really good coach, there are some pieces there. You got Braylon Allen. You bring in Tatter Mordecai as the, as the quarterback. You got Phil Longo coordinating the offense. But there could be some growing pains with what they're going to be going, uh, undergoing. Whereas with Iowa, despite having a new quarterback in Cade McNamara, um, it, it feels like that could be a plug-and-play with him and then you know Caleb Brown, Eric All. Uh, there are certainly some pieces there that could work for them. I think I would probably pick Iowa over Wisconsin personally. Um, I, I don't. I don't think I've put that out there yet, but we'll actually get into that a bit more uh, here probably next week. Uh, so then after that, Michigan over Wisconsin is the the major pick there. Uh, there there's no West team predicted to win the Big Ten, by the way. So it's Michigan's pick to go uh, win over Wisconsin, Iowa, or Minnesota. Uh, that's accounts for the 27 uh, first-place votes as well. Uh, Ohio State has the eight uh, votes, where it has Ohio State over Iowa or, for four, or Ohio State over Wisconsin for four. Uh, Penn State over Iowa got one, and Penn State over Wisconsin also got one. So, uh, that said, this poll doesn't exactly have the most stellar, stunning track record when it comes to picking Big Ten champions. Uh, out of the last, I think, 11... Because this started in 2011, so actually it's 13, 13 years. They've gotten it right three times. Well, 12 years, because this year doesn't count yet. Wait, no, no, that's not included here. So let, let, me, let me just double check my, my math. 12 years, okay, 12. I think I'm, I'm just looking at a big block of things here. They got it right three times. Uh, all three times it was Ohio State, 2017, 18, and uh, 2020. That's, those weren't hard to pick that much, right? Um, 2017, Michigan was going to take a step back. Uh, that was pretty obvious. 2018, uh, it, Ohio State seemed like the obvious choice, uh, yet at the same time, um, uh, Michigan obviously was in that position to, to actually win it all. Everyone thought that they were going to by the season's end. 
until the debacle in Columbus happened. And then 2020 was the COVID year. They had everything going for them, returning uh, Justin Fields, uh, all kinds of talent, Trey Sermon at running back. I mean, it was, it was a wild, in the COVID-shortened year, Ohio State was the obvious choice there. Now, that said, Michigan was picked uh, twice here. 2019, Ohio State ended up winning that year. If you recall, that was the year that uh, Shea Patterson tore his oblique on the first play from scrimmage. Defense wasn't quite as good as people thought. I mean, it ended up being okay by the, the season's end. Um, I mean, even in the Iowa game, but, you know, granted, 12 to 10 against Iowa, it is just, or whatever that score ended up being. Um, it, that 2019 was not exactly like a stellar year in terms of uh, just what Michigan ended up being, but they were picked to be the number one team. 2012, uh, Wisconsin ended up winning. Michigan was coming off of 2011, returned Dar- uh, Denard Robinson. Uh, and everything, but then I think, again, injuries is what derailed Michigan there, because they, despite a loss to Alabama to open the season and seeming pretty far away, it, it still definitely seemed like a team that could probably do some damage, uh, but then when Bernard Robinson got injured uh, against Nebraska, certainly that changed things. Uh, having to kind of scramble, have Devin Gardner, things still ended up looking uh, pretty good against Ohio State for a while, except for uh, it was uh, when Michigan decided that they were going to have Devin Gardner out on the field for their passing offense and Denard Robinson for the rushing offense. There was no unpredictability whatsoever. It was absolutely absurd. <laughs> anyway, um, so take it for, with a grain of salt to some degree, right? Because it's um, that they haven't done a very good job of picking it. That said, I mean, Michigan should be the clear cut favorite, and it appears that the media is on board. It's quite a the uh, diversion from where Michigan was thought of, I think, in the beginning of the offseason. I think that the, the NFL uh, dalliance from Jim Harbaugh and all these uh, uh, NCAA allegations, it just seemed like everything in the post-bowl game and the fact that the bowl game went the way it did, uh, the fact that TCU got blown out the way they did by Georgia, all that kind of stuff, I think, made people a little bit more down on Michigan. It didn't feel like Michigan was going to be uh, picked the way that they just were. Uh, it really felt like, well, it's going to be Ohio State because Ohio State just is Ohio State. So it, it's good to see that everyone is looking at it on paper and saying, yes, this is what it should be. Uh, because that's the right pick on paper. They play games for a reason, which I always want to remind you. And so if it doesn't work out, then it's not because necessarily that, uh, it, you know, it might, might be because everything fell apart. It might be that there were key injuries, you know, and uh, it might be, uh, that another team just came out from out of nowhere and ended up just being absolutely beyond incredible. Multiple ways that that could go. So, anyhow, uh, I think that's that's the right pick. I'll be interested to see uh, what that looks like uh, as far as the, the line of questioning at Big Ten Media Days. If that is what ends up being, I mean, sure, it will be asked. It's going to be interesting to see, especially the player reactions from that. Let's talk a little Big Ten Media Days. Uh, by the time that this is released, I'm sure a lot of you will be watching or listening uh, on the day that it kicks off, but we don't get Michigan until Thursday, so that's fine. So uh, let's talk about that in just a moment. All right, so let's, uh, let's finish out here with a couple minutes about Big Ten Media Days. I think the interesting thing is, kind of like 2019, this is all very 2019 in a lot of ways. Uh, in that uh, Michigan is very clearly the main character of Big Ten media. I don't know that, I mean, I, I, 
I think that that's often the kind of the case, right? Even if it's if it doesn't start out that way, if you're, you're not going into it with the idea that Michigan is going to be the main character, I think that that ends up happening one way or another anyway. Um, 2019, Michigan was going to be the main character in part because Jim Harbaugh uh, had his uh, had his podcast with uh, Tim Kawakami, went on Tim Kawakami's podcast um, on The Athletic, actually. Uh, I just had uh, $71 taken out of my account today for an athletic uh, membership, which I started uh, apparently uh, four years ago today uh, because of that. Uh, but it was he went on there and said that, you know, with Urban Meyer, controversy follows him wherever he goes. Uh, obviously, Urban Meyer was not the head coach at that point, but he's coming off of uh, leaving Ohio State, Ryan Day's first year of being the head coach and all of that. So uh, they were the main character then for that reason, as well as being picked number one. Uh, it, it's 20, I wasn't at 2015, but 2016, it still felt like Jim Harbaugh, Michigan was kind of the main character. Maybe that just was because that was my first Big Ten media days. Um, and, uh, 2019, certainly, uh, I think in 2018, Urban Meyer was kind of the main character because all of the, uh, Zach Smith stuff had come out, uh, at Big Ten Media Days. And then last year or two years ago, it was, uh, we're going to beat Ohio State or die trying. And then obviously after beating Ohio State that, uh, that, and getting to the top of the mountain for the first time in his tenure as the head coach, that was going to put Michigan in a very, uh, big spotlight. So I am curious to see what kind of uh, shenanigans come out of this uh, from whether it's line of questioning. Uh, we're obviously going to hear a lot about the NCAA violations, or at least they're going to try. I'm assuming that there's going to be based off of what Tom Mars uh, had provided in a statement that they can't really talk about it. So I'm sure it will be uh, addressed in the sense of it not being addressed. I mean, like I can't, we can't talk about it and we'll see where that goes. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see just kind of the, uh, probably I would imagine more so than any of the other media days, it, as has usually been the case. Uh, you know, I pay a little bit of attention to SEC media days. I feel like this is going to just be bigger because the, the, the man in the middle is bigger. And then it will branch off a bit with, uh, with the other players, and we'll see. And plus, it's just having guys like Blake Corum, uh, I mean, it's Blake Corum, Chris uh, Jenkins, and Mike Sanders still, uh, so you got one nationally big name there and then two locally big names. So it'll be interesting just to see how they handle it and if there's any kind of uh, crazy storylines that come from them as well. Uh, I don't know that there will be or not, uh, but usually there is. Usually there's something. Uh, I have a plan to be able to get audio from all three. So we'll see how that works. Uh, it, hopefully it does, and it will, we'll, we'll hear a lot, you know, have a lot to talk about over the next... Uh, next couple weeks to really break it down. That is the hope and that is the goal. But we're about to embark on a busy, busy couple days here, and we'll bring you all the highlights, and we'll certainly uh, have a podcast uh, tomorrow night from the field at Lucas Oil. I know we're a little bit behind on the mailbag. We're, we're going to get to that mailbag where I asked uh, for questions last week. Uh, just was kind of saving up some energy because this is going to be a long slog in a good way. The season is here. Let's go. So anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Wolverines. We will be back live from Lucas Oil Stadium. Well, live to me, not for you. <laughs> we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for watching or listening. Peace.